My guest for this episode is Sammy Gardner. Sammy is a career coach who specializes in helping creative and technical professionals develop their dream careers. She redesigned her own career to travel the world and has helped job seekers from San Francisco to Sao Paulo. When she's not coaching, she writes sci-fi and fantasy novels. You should check them out. Sammy believes that if you kickstart your career, you kickstart your life. This is Invincible Career, and I'm Larry Cornett. Welcome to the show, Sammy. Hi, thanks for having me on, Larry. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, folks probably don't know that you and I originally met, I think, in an entrepreneur group that was many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. And then last year, you had me on your podcast, The Career Kickstart Show, if folks want to check that out. Thank you again for having me on that, by the way. It was a great conversation. It's something that I like to send to a lot of my clients and especially some of my students um, who haven't really lived through a recession or a pandemic. My college students <laughs> yeah. are freaking out. I'm like, listen to this guy. He's seen some I've seen stuff. a few recessions. Yeah. <laughs> I'm old enough. I've been through a few of those. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So speaking of the the business that you're in, can you share with the listeners a little bit more about your career coaching business, where you focus, and who you tend to work with? Yeah, yeah. So for those who are listening who don't know, um, I am a career specialist. Um, My focus, um, where I feel like my secret sauce really is, is being the person who goes more into the strategies of how to get the job that you want than necessarily going into deep dives on career clarity. I can do both, Mm -hmm. but I really like helping people with those really practical tips and and tricks to get them going going to what they want. Um, In my um, private career coaching, I specialize with a lot of UX designers. I Mm, just, mm -hmm. I just like um, how- That's my background. Well, I I enjoy it. It's that part where you have the techie, but also the creative. There's always a fun session. I mean, I've worked with everybody from like homeless runaway teens to like, you know, VPs and insurance, but I really do enjoy Mm -hmm. UX designers. So I focus on them. Um, and I also, um, teach a career development course at the university of Arizona as well. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. How long you been doing that? I've been doing that since, um, the pandemic started. Well, before the pandemic started, it was something that I was in negotiations for because, you know, I write resumes by day, but by night I like to write novels and fiction and stuff. And I've been trying to figure out a way to add, um, well, actually to take things off my plate, you know, mm-hmm. to make more room for, for writing. Cause when I became self-employed, um, I, it was this rush of freedom that I really controlled my income. I controlled nice. how I met um, clients, how I organized my day. And I came in with the intention that I was going to take control of my schedule, give myself mm-hmm. more time for the things that I like to do, like travel and writing. You know, mm-hmm. I got really into doing the digital nomad scene. So I did sort of like a triangle of migration <laughs> between Arizona, um, Europe, and, you know, um, Brazil, South America. Um, wow. So I really love that. The thing is, is that 
I got really into building my business. So I was that person at like the meetup being like, let me tell you about my funnel, bro. <laughs> um, and then after about like a year, I was like, oh my God, I don't have a personality anymore. I have a business. <laughs> and and that worried me, Larry. That worried me so much. I might be guilty of the same thing. <laughs> you know, like which you need that when you're yeah. in the beginning, when you need to have that focus <laughs> to like make things, yeah. you know, launch yourself. Cause I was, I had, because we met both um, through Kim, Kim Raluna, who is a, right. a brand yeah. strategist, you know, great lady and everything like that. And I took um, so much of her philosophy that done is better than perfect. Let's see where it goes. And I had a mission where for like, like a year or two, I would try to launch some new product service, um, you know, podcast, webinar. I try to launch something every month. So I was constantly creating and it was great. And I was speaking in other countries and, you know, and I was doing all these really cool things. Um, but I was burning out. I didn't realize it. I was burning out and I didn't actually achieve my mission. Like the goal wasn't a business. The goal was to have freedom. And I got kind of <laughs> yeah. lost in the middle part. <laughs> yeah, that happens sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, so kind of like a tangent getting on this, but um, part of before the pandemic started and I had been accepted really surprisingly for a scholarship to a writing retreat in France. Now oh, wow. th- I'm going to brag a little bit because this never happened to me, Larry. <laughs> That's pretty so, cool. <laughs> so sorry to everybody who's listening. Who's like, wow, this lady's flexing all over this podcast, but <laughs> this was in a, like a medieval castle. So oh, wow. I, I, Oh, it was like a month where we just That's wrote so cool. and walked around and ate like it was in the South of France. So we ate like really good food and mm. it was, it was amazing. And it made me realize that I got accepted for this with this guy who, um, PhD in literature, he helps people with, you know, publishing and making your own writing career. And I realized that I had this goal that I hadn't done anything with, you know? Um, so after that month where I actually was able to take, you know, work that I had been kind of puttering away on for a long time, but never did anything with, I had it all up and ready to publish. She helped me set up my author brand and everything. And I realized, hey, I've done a lot of things on the bucket list. You know, I've traveled, I've done my own business, I've reinvented my life in different ways. But the thing I've always been scared to do, which people were surprised because like, you're the person who like will travel alone to Morocco and, you know, like you're, you know, you worked with like inner city homeless youth for years. Like, what are you scared of? And I was scared to put my, my work out there, you know? So, so that's part of how I started working for the U of A was I wanted to get out of that bust and boom cycle of always having a Mm -hmm. launch always having a launch and always having to market and you spend, you do the cycle of where you market a bunch yeah. and then you get a bunch of clients and you can't market. So then when you get back to like where everything's right. steady, <laughs> you got to put out a bunch of content cause you forgot to market while you were working. <laughs> and I was stuck in that, that loop sure. where 
it affected even when I was traveling where like I would be mm. somewhere lovely like Lisbon, but I'd be like a weekend warrior where I'm like, sorry guys, yeah. I can't go to the beach because I got to finish this webinar that I'm writing, <laughs> you know, and that blows. I want to be on the yeah. beach. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a, a week, it was, well, it was a couple of days. I was in Manhattan and I was so excited. And then I got stuck with this huge project that I had to finish. And I sat in a hotel room for two days straight and did nothing fun in Manhattan, <laughs> like working on this thing. I was like, this isn't what's supposed to happen when I'm traveling. This was not fun. No, not not <laughs> at all. Not at all. So, you know, I know that you asked the, the who, what, and where, but for me, especially with the pandemic, one of the benefits that it's been for me was that it's really made me, because I don't like like standing still i was like having something <laughs> and it's forced yeah. me to it's forced me to be sure. very much reevaluate how i've worked how yeah. i've you know set up my business and if i actually want to continue in the same way that i i have been you know yeah, and i'm right. still in some ways asking myself those questions so I found that having these contracts with schools like the university, also like yeah. tech boot camps and stuff like that have been so much more helpful getting these bigger contracts so I can focus more on what actually is important for me. <laughs> That's yeah. where I have my journey yeah. this year. I don't know about your 2020, yeah. but mine. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's what mine's question been. a lot of things. Yeah. Well, it's funny. It seems like pretty much everybody in the working world is questioning what they're doing and if they want to go back to an office, if they want to keep working in the same job, that there's more to life. I mean, it's really made people aware of how precious life is, I think, more than ever before. And I don't know if you're seeing the same thing, but a lot of the people I'm talking with, kind of the incoming clients, their people are like, I don't want to keep putting off what I always dreamed of doing in my life. So I'm trying to figure out a, a plan to get me there because yes. this last year has made me realize it's like, I don't want to go through something like that again, or, you know, not live my full life and not have followed something that's more meaningful to me. What are you hearing from people when you're talking with them? What are people dealing with right now in this job market? Yeah, I feel like, I think because I see it through that sort of millennial lens yeah. where, and now that I'm working with all these Gen Zs who make, who honestly, they call me ma'am and they don't get any of my jokes. Anyway, like you, I got to really be careful with my references with these young people. Um, yes, yes, but, I know. <laughs> but I'm, I'm working with them and it's been interesting to see um this um this idea almost not against career ambition mm -hmm. but understanding why are we accumulating this these educations or sure. these goals yeah. and figuring out okay you know am i trying to do like some trendy career because I want to impress somebody or is this what my parents wanted me to do you know yeah, yeah. and we're also seeing and for my clients who are you know older you know they have families and mortgages a lot of them dealt with layoffs where yeah. through no fault of their own and we all know that last spring there were some companies who released people 
because they're, yeah. they're, they, they had a board of directors that was scared or something. And then a month later, yep. they're trying to bring people back on. Yeah, I saw know? a lot of that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So first, a lot of my clients who had to deal with that, that was a big wake up call for them where they had given a lot of time and energy, especially some of these folks were integral for some of these startups, even beginning, you know, sure. so I had some folks who were kind of bitter you know, very much so trying to be like, oh, how yeah. do we reapproach going back into this, this new chapter, you know, and what do I actually want from this? Because we have learned whether it's mortality, whether it's the economy, whether it is, you know, um, the company, you really like, there's not certainties, you know, no, this was, never. That's right. And sometimes you think something like the pandemic, which seems like a black swan event until you find out more. And then you found there's a bunch of, you know, eggheads who were like, no, we were talking about this for a long time. We've, <laughs> we've been watching those bats. Oh, yeah. We thought yeah. something was up. We and, knew it was inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. So we have people who are looking at things being like, I am disillusioned. But I've also seen yeah. people because they've lost different things they've kind of walked through a fire in a way and they're like okay mm -hmm. that wasn't that bad to lose my job you know i it was yeah. stressful it was upsetting i didn't like it but through that that fire through their lives they also have space for things and it leaves the question what am i going to put there right right yeah i think it Going through something like that makes you stronger. I mean, it does. It's not fun. <laughs> it's painful. But getting laid off and coming back from that or losing a job and finding a new job or starting a business out of necessity and saying, oh, I can make a living if I have to, it makes you more resilient. It makes you stronger. So I think a lot of people are discovering that they could get through pretty bad things. And I think they also discovered this remote work thing isn't as bad as they initially thought. A lot of people were complaining right off the bat, like, oh, I can't stand this. I miss my coworkers. I want to go to the office. I don't like working at home. And about three to four months in, they're like, huh, it's kind of nice not commuting. And I'm saving a ton of money on food and I can exercise again. It's like, maybe this isn't all bad. So now I'm seeing kind of the other side of it where people are being asked to come back to an office. So it's coming soon. And they're resisting. They're like, I don't think so. Yeah. I have a taste of that lifestyle like you've experienced, obviously, and I've been doing for years, where the flexibility and being able to work wherever you want, it's like kind of hard to give that up once you've had a taste of it. Mm -hmm. And for certain jobs, like being in an office was a hindrance, you know? Oh, it's yeah, totally. Like for, if you, you said UX, totally a hindrance for UX. It's mm -hmm. not fun to be in an office when you're a designer. I mean, I designed for many years and it was hard to get stuff done. It really was. What I'm looking forward to is even though some people, the, the return to the office is there, what I like is that we're having a lashback against the open concept in those community yeah. tables. Yeah. Like I, yeah. Facebook has a whole bunch of those. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know that like sometimes that can be good, but when you need, like my job is mostly calls. Yeah. I'm the most annoying person in an open concept <laughs> office. Like yeah, be on the phone all day. 
I would have to hide somewhere. Yeah. I'd never be at my desk. I'd be in one of those like hot little yeah. like igloos that all the startups want to have. Oh like, yeah, little, the phone booths. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god, <laughs> sweating like oh, they're pop- horrible. They're horrible. Uh, no, like for me, it just it was. Yeah. I wanted to visit on occasion, but like my day to day, like. I'm not added yeah. anything. You guys are distracting me. <laughs> it's totally true. It's totally true. So I want to rewind the clock a little mm-hmm. bit and talk about your career path because you, I, you know, I noticed you have an advanced degree in library and information science, and I was wondering, were you initially planning on a career as a librarian or, or going down that path, and then at some point you switched gears? Yes. Well, when I was a little girl, I I originally wanted to to be a writer and, you know, and I always loved librarians because they were the keepers of the books. And I was like, heck yeah, yeah. this yeah. is a cool job. And I've also always been kind of like an old person. So I noticed <laughs> that all the librarians that I knew, like you could be really elderly and still be fine as a librarian. And I was that's like, right. oh, that's longevity you know (laughs) um you know so I kind of for me librarianship brought together a lot of things that I had wanted in a career which was to Mm. be adjacent to books to learning I love research um I still loved being at the information desk where people would just come up and ask me questions and I'd have to quickly research like that was like (laughs) I love that like that was still enjoyable um even to this day like I use so many of my library skills now being a librarian was something where back then when I when I went to library school um which is like I want to say I got my I started my master's in like 2010 or something, but um, we were all told that all the librarians were going to finally retire. And then, no, it was, no, it was before the crash. It was before the crash. So we were told they were all going to retire. And then midway through all of those older librarians, the, with the stock market, yeah. you know, they're like, no, we're not going to leave. That's we're right. going we're <laughs> to no hold retirement. on to this government job. And so mm-hmm. you literally take our skeletons <laughs> out of the office and like, that's still <laughs> happening. So, you know, like many millennials, I was told that, you know, there was going to be space. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, um, and to my credit, I actually did get a library job. I was one of the few in like my library school who got a actual library coordination position. Wow. I was working at a tech college and I enjoyed it. Um, what I got from my, cause keep in mind in grad school and in college, like I did all the internships, I did the clubs, mm-hmm. honest to God, like I was part of every club I could find. Somehow I was like the vice president of the American Indian Library Association chapter. Of course you were. Of course. Because my buddy asked me, she's like, we need another person. You want to do this? And I was like, sure. She's like, you have a car that's big enough for us to like haul other people. I was like, sweet. You know? So I did all the things. I left library school because I had gotten a library job in during my bachelor degree days, because I was preparing for this. So I actually graduated with library, from library school with four years of library experience. And mm-hmm. I struggled to find a job, you know? Um, and a lot of my, I thought I had one before I left, um, before I met, graduated, but 
it was at the Arizona State Museum, and we got hit with a bunch of budget cuts, which no. was very no. much um, before I became self-employed, because I am gravitate I gravitate towards those low-paying, help the world kind of jobs, <laughs> you know, where you like teach people to read and you help homeless people get a second chance, like they don't right. pay squat, um, <laughs> and they're easily like just axed by some bureaucrat in a state capital who's like, yeah. I don't. Don't understand what you're doing here. Um, <laughs> so you know that was that was the way of the world for me. Um, I was introduced to career services because at the tech college that I worked at, the career department somebody left really suddenly, and they needed someone to help with this internship program. So I mm -hmm. set up an internship program where I went around. It was pretty much a pipeline where I just found um, like. My engineers, I would find them work with some local businesses, and I did well. Um, within like a couple of, you know, in that semester, I managed to get like, you know, like thirty percent of our um, freshmen and and sophomores into this, which they were really That's happy cool. about, because most students waited um, way later to do this to their detriment. Right. So yeah. I was offered. Um, a position. Now, originally I wanted to stay in the library thing, but then I won, I got a high off of helping people find jobs because mm -hmm. a lot mm -hmm. of my tech dudes at this place were first generation college students. They were veterans. They were people of color. So when I would mm -hmm. help these guys get a new job in tech, I would literally double their salaries. I would, yeah. some of these guys were helping yeah. raise like you know, they were taking care of their moms or they're raising like nieces and nephews. So mm -hmm. I could help elevate a whole family and I got a buzz off. It sounds like, pretty cool. yeah. I was like, this is like crack. I'm making sure everybody's <laughs> having chicken for dinner over here. That's great. So, you know, I got a high off it. And then I found out in the career services that they were making substantially more money than I did. Mm -hmm. And we're doing less. And I was like, well, I like more money and, and less work. So like, okay, let's, let's give this a shot. And I discovered that I got to do all the things I enjoy with library science, mm -hmm. which is research, instruction, helping people. And to this day, I consider myself still kind of librarian, but with a very specialized knowledge in career yeah. development. <laughs> so that's how I, I ended up in the, the career cool. development world. Wow. Wow. And then you broke free and built your own business. Yeah. Well, you know, I, you know, kept doing, um, that sort of career development work at schools. And then I moved to a, um, a nonprofit where I was working with people at risk for homelessness. And I had another budget cut situation where we were doing great work. We were very uh -huh. successful. Um, I, you know, co-organized co the first job fair in Arizona history for transgender people. We trained like dozens of local employers just on sensitivity. We were getting people hired, you know, and getting them off the streets, you know, but <clears throat> changing administrations, it was just a harder sell, you know, True. for this, yeah. um, especially my role. Um, because it was seen very auxiliary, you know, okay. um, I mean, we get them into homes, but else are they going to do afterwards? It might be nice <laughs> for them to get right. jobs, but you know, you gotta, you gotta choose, you know, mm -hmm. when budgets are cut. And I, 
I don't know why. I think a lot of things led to me snapping for that. <laughs> but I was just like, you know what? I'm really sick of doing really great work and getting little letters and, you know, Olive Garden gift cards from people about how I've changed their life, you know, and I'll take yep. a good gift card. I ain't too good for Olive Garden, but anyway, <laughs> so, you know, and just like finding that I would just get, you know, it just be budget cuts. So I decided I was sick of that. And what I noticed that even back when I did my master's degree, that there was very little, it felt like for me where people were just being honest about, Hey, you know, you need to be strategic, you need, to, and I was learning so much um, doing career services because I always had some really good mentors, you know, along the way. And that's how I learn is by doing and being around people who are way better than me. So I, I had the fortune. Yeah, I had the good luck of having those opportunities and having a very practical education into career services. So I was like, I'm going to take this show on the road. You know, I, and that was the time where like I was subletting a room from my friend's place. So I wasn't even on the lease. I mean, I didn't have a dog for like the first time in forever. I didn't have like a partner for the first time in forever. I was like, yeah. holy crap, I don't have a job. I don't have a dog. I don't have a dependent or a relationship <laughs> or a lease. My God, I need to go before You're some free. diabetic cat <laughs> finds me, you know? <laughs> Like I need to go. So I did the, um, the Kimber Luna course where I met you. And in that four months, I set myself up to where I just went off. And the nice thing was that I did that at the time where my late grandmother needed me, where mm -hmm. she had broken her hip and just not doing well. And I was able to give her attention and I was able to give some of my other family members who had been helping out the most give them some time off you know and that really solidified I've been able to do that multiple times where even though I can travel I go back and I can see grandparents I've been able to, to right. help my yeah. sisters when they need it with their kids when there's something going on I've been able to do that for my family which I, you know, I wasn't able to do before, you know, I was working yeah. those sort of nonprofit or education jobs where, yeah, everybody was like, yeah, kumbaya, loosey goosey, we're all progressive, but like their, their working environments weren't always like you could <laughs> take breaks, you could take time off, but you know, they made it clear that'd be inconvenient for us, yeah, exactly. you know? <laughs> so I finally was able to, to do that. And I was able to take my years in Tucson where I had engendered some goodwill. I had clients who were willing to, you know, take me doing a remote thing because everybody was right. like, that's weird. Why can't we meet in a cafe? I don't understand. Zoom, you know. Uh, <laughs> so I was able what to a, wear What a difference down. a year makes, huh? I know. Yeah. My God. <laughs> well, I know. It's only been a year. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, world how, that's how it all began, you know. And now, now my remote work experience is no longer fancy. I need to take that off my resume yeah. <laughs> where I brag about. I have a whole office. I know, I know. It doesn't stand out anymore. <laughs> no, not at all. So the question I have, because you're busy as heck, mm -hmm. you know, you run your own business as a career coach, and yet you've also been able to kind of balance that with writing 
a whole bunch of books, you know, almost, I think like seven books in this Red Witch Chronicle series. Yes. How do you do that? How do you balance the time? Yeah. Now the thing is for me is that I, I mean, part of this is that, and people are going to laugh is that I have ADHD, but I have where I get hyper-focused. So I can have periods where I'm super like, you're like weirded out. You know, I've had bosses (laughs) who are like, can you, you stop? Like you, you haven't moved. Have you blinked in a couple hours? You're really into this. So, you know, for me, one, I had a bunch of stuff that I had already written before and I never had the courage to post. And then also I in moving away from doing that launch based business really helped. Um, I've been able to spend, you know, time where it's very, you know, very much I, I can control how many hours I'm actually working for the U of A or with students or with these bigger contracts, you know, it, yeah. it was kind of like, and you probably remember this, but you know, when people were starting their online businesses for a lot of coaches, it was the biggest thing was having more people in these programs, even if it was $15 yeah. a person, which if you do the, the scale on that and the time commitment, like it's not worth it during certain right. points of time to be, maybe yeah. you have like 400 people in this thing, but if yeah. they're not paying too much and you're doing like essentially a really in-depth Patreon for these people. And I just yeah. stopped <laughs> doing that. Like, and I looked at my backlog of content and I was like, why am I not repurposing this? Why am I not mm-hmm. reusing yeah. some of this? Why am I reventing the wheel over and over? So I looked for time wasters. I looked for, like I said, the things that were ego. There's a lot of things I was just doing to like keep up mm. with the the bromad boys, where we're you know look at, <laughs> look at me, I can crush it and hustle and you know make a funnel. That whole hustle know? culture, yeah. 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 So like I had to like cut that ego out because it wasn't serving me. Um, yeah. And then focused on these bigger contracts. And just also being a lot more disciplined where I would work into the night where I would just keep Mm. apps going on my phone. I did not have boundaries with clients. The thing is, I was busy, but it was the kind of thing like Swiss cheese. It was spread out, (laughs) but there was holes in there, you know? (laughs) Right. right. So I've did a version of like cutting out this crap that I didn't need to do looking at how I was actually gaining clients, how I was working at them and figuring out what could be automated or cut out. I also streamlined all my services. I had a website where once upon a time, that was like a Chinese menu. Like I was doing all sorts of things, you know? I think Um, we all go through that phase. (laughs) I do this and this and this and this and this. And And (laughs) it's confusing. I figured out like I I knew I had certain services that I dreaded doing. I stopped doing them and I made it a lot more streamlined. And then I just started utilizing more of my old content and trying to lead people to as passively as I could to either Mm -hmm. products or for them to sign up for things. I also stopped doing um, the sort of like sales call, the Mm pre-call or whatever. So I have a 90 episode podcast. If you 
cannot figure out after 90 episodes if you want to talk to me if i can help you then buddy maybe nobody can so i don't do those sales calls now unless i truly after the person writes to me you know and i am unsure where i'm like okay i'm Mm, not quite sure let's do a call i don't want to waste your time you know but i and i recently hired a ux designer to help me make my my sales page even easier. I want it to be oh, cool. like that thing at McDonald's where you click your little hamburger and like <laughs> they the, shoot I'll it take out. The number at one. <laughs> exactly. So I've been doing yeah. those things and I actually when we had our our conversation on my show, you mentioned how you have this thing where you periodically go sometimes or you've seen people do this where they go into companies for a little bit then they go out and they kind of have this hybrid model and that's what i've been doing right now because i can have like career foundry which is a tech boot camp that i work for they have me doing a webinar you know every other month i don't have to do anything but show up you know you know the u of a like i get to do things with them and i get to connect with the demographic that i can learn from so that actually keeps it more interesting for me you learn a lot too yeah yes so i tried to find all the crap that i don't need to do and stop doing it i actually got an assistant you know so try not to do yeah yeah, like she just does all the things i don't want to do um (laughs) it would be that's her job you know i think i made her even like do a dentist appointment for me one day i was like i don't know you want to talk to anybody can you do that Cindy thank you you're the best (laughs) so like that's how I did it I just ruthlessly cleared out my schedule and when the pandemic happened I realized that I had done you know the kind of travel that I like to do I was not able to do anymore it was never about Mm -hmm. collecting passport stamps for me you know so it was about yeah. seeing people, seeing specific things, having specific experiences. And none of those experiences were having a PCR and somebody sticking a tube up my nose. I know. So, <laughs> so I kind of was just like, why don't I like just stay put? You know, I'm not going to be able yeah. to do the things I enjoy. You know, most of my travel experiences involve like food or museums, two things that they don't want you. It's hard to I do. Know. I know. Me like, too. Museums, art galleries, and food, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, and just crowds of people can't really do that, (laughs) you know. So I was like, I'm going to, like, actually sit here, use this year, because this also, like I said, the ego, the keeping up with people, you know. Um, Like, I I used to kind of have a bit of my identity wrapped up into where I would go next. So I had to sit with myself for a year not doing that and I think it was really helpful and it gave me the space to actually focus on my writing um and focus on the things that I I like to do which is well not just like to do like I've also started doing soap making and random little things that are (laughs) just kind of fun where I did not do because I realized when the pandemic started and it was hard for me to relax that something was yeah. wrong. Like, why can't I just sit down and like watch a TV show <laughs> without being guilty. like, I'm not productive, <laughs> you know? Like, there's like, like I had like, like I realized I had a crappy boss and it was me. It was me <laughs> the whole time. So those were all the revelations that kind of made me realize, okay, I need to have a different chapter 
of my business and how I think about content, you know, because yeah. you got to be mindful. I don't want to be just writing a blog every day to have a blog every day yeah. so I can impress the other LinkedIn think pieces, <laughs> you know, who I don't even care about, you know. So I decided to focus on what I like and when I actually do put out content or a podcast episode or something, I'm really confident. This is what I wanted to say. It has something important. Yeah, that's good. I went through a lot of my older content too to make sure it was all up to standard. So when I'm putting stuff out, I know that it's good, but I also put good enough phones in my business to where I don't have to be sliding into everybody's DMs being like, yo, you yeah. need a resume? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We don't, we don't need more of those people. Plenty of those on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm good. So like, you know, I, I guess in some ways I did a 180 from some of the, the hustle culture things. And I'm not saying don't do that. I know that once this pandemic's over, I'm probably going to like chog across the world and probably <laughs> like you know do something random and you know big with my business you know maybe do one of those group programs again but for right now it's been really I feel like it's been a lot better for me to do this because now I also have more emotional energy for the clients and students that I do have That's and they true. really yeah. needed me this year you know, yeah, even just yeah. to have someone who's like, they're there, buddy, late stage capitalism oh, does I know. suck. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. you're Sometimes not the it's only just support. one. Yeah. Yes. So speaking of, where can people learn more about your coaching and check out your books? Sweet. Okay. So people can go to um, my website, which is sammygardner.com. Um, but I also write... Um, urban fantasy fiction so if for those of you guys who don't know think tolkien but in a leather jacket possibly set in la there so <laughs> so that's what um i write uh, and my pen name for that is sammy valentine now why i have the same first name for both of those is because i vividly imagine myself going to a comic-con with like a fake pen name and having people call that and just not turning around and i was sure. just like <laughs> i'm gonna keep it simple it's gonna just be the same so just remember sammy and like one side of me writes resumes and the other writes about you know, sexy vampires. So, you know. <laughs> and I'm a exactly. great career coach, despite what I just said. <laughs> that makes it more interesting. Well, Sammy, I want to thank you for making the time to come on the show. I really do appreciate it. And it's been fun catching up and hearing more about how you've structured your business going forward. That's cool. Thanks, Larry. As always, I always enjoy our conversations. I always tell, you know, when I'm sharing coaches and stuff like that, there's a couple of them I like, and you're always the one at the top. I'm always sharing your stuff, you know, because oh, I might you. not be wow. making a whole That's lot of nice. content right now, but you're <laughs> making good stuff. So I'm happy to piggyback off your thoughts. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. You're <laughs> right, welcome. Take care. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you would like to follow upcoming releases of the show, please subscribe. And as always, I appreciate your ratings and reviews. Thank you. If you would like to learn more about Invincible Career and the podcast, you can visit InvincibleCareer.com. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck in becoming an opportunity magnet for the best things in life. <laughs>